0: Read me romance, read, read me romance, read me romance, read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book, that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance, read, read me romance.
1: Welcome back, lady listeners. Welcome
0: back. We are here. We have got Cece Monroe with us this week with a brand new book called The Guy from That One Summer. So we're gonna play the second installment for you in just a little bit, but first we're gonna catch up. I wanted to say that it happened and I'm so glad it finally happened. But when we were doing the Hot Girl Summer Book boxes, I knew the exact amount of boxes that we had and that Mm -hmm. we could sell. So, and I had like, I think I have like maybe one or two left beyond that after sending them out or maybe there's more i'd have to look at my cabinet what i put back but anyways i when i was boxing it up and i created labels and i shipped all of them out i was missing one and i was like fuck what has happened i know we sold exactly this many i have exactly yeah. this many email confirmations but i have one less box shipped than sh- that should have shipped And I was like, you know what? I'm going to send these out and somebody's going to email me and be like, where's my fucking box? And it happened today. (laughs) I know. But what happened was she was so sweet. Like I almost want to read her email because she was so nice. But she signed a grateful lady listener, Emily. And then, I was like, I love her so much. But what happened was I had I had two different spreadsheets. And for people who ordered just paperbacks, you, you went on one spreadsheet and the book boxes went on another. And she just somehow ended up on the paperback spreadsheet. So I sent her paperbacks. Aww. I sent her volume one and two. And she was like, while I love them, I already have them. <laughs> was like, she was so nice about it. And I was like, you know what? That's my gift to you. Hang on to them and give them to a friend. So <laughs> I told her I'm sending her box out tomorrow first thing. So I just want to say thank you for everybody and your patience in getting these books to you. And the paperbacks are coming. I swear they're on the way. So
1: we just didn't realize so many people were going to order them. I so we had to order more. Fucking shocked fucking and shocked. nook is very like i never know like even at the top when i go to order books it says covid warning even though covid's pretty much over these yeah. could take three to four more weeks than says on lists and sometimes we get them really fast
0: yeah sometimes yeah. we get them really slow <laughs> yep so we just order Wait. them and pray <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> they won't even tell me until it's shipped when it goes
0: yeah and that's it's like what the next day i get them yeah like you'll tell me all right you're getting 400 books this tomorrow <laughs> good luck <laughs> yeah they literally tell me like
1: 36 hours before
0: did i tell you like my post office guy here was just so pissed off huh? the whole time he had to ship these boxes he had to help me it was the postmaster general because the, the, the other guy couldn't this come is your yeah job. i know and i get it like he didn't have any help he, it really, yeah. and I understand too. It's not at technically his job. He's a postmaster general. He runs the fucking place. He should not be out picking up my book boxes. Like, yeah. but the reality is that nobody wants these jobs because they're, you know, not great pay. It's a lot of time. Like, it's a ton of work. It's physical labor. I mean, you do get a state pension, but you got to work it for like twenty years to get it. You know, so it's yeah. it's tough anyways i will say though that my ups man that drops the books off is whistling dixie every time he comes up to my house he is the happiest guy in this town and i'm like i don't know what ups is doing for this guy and he's just giving him a reach around every morning this dude is happy about his job
1: i know somebody who works for ups and they really enjoy it but he, yeah, went he from, loves it he went from um a debt collector, but not any kind of debt collector. What kind of medical debt
0: collector? Oh fuck, that's so it's cuz like so you, you oh. couldn't be
1: like, you bought a bunch of shit, pay your bills. He's calling, like, why aren't you paying for that? No, so you're Cancer dying. medicine
0: You needed. Oh, I mean. you're dying? That's why you're not paying it? Okay. Yeah. You should really pay this. Bye. he was so miserable. Oh. God. And then when he
1: went to UPS, it's
0: like, I love this job. I so it's like, yeah, I would People are probably happy to see you now. This guy was like, I talked to him the other day, and he was so nice. He dropped off, you know, like eight boxes of books. I mean, they were all heavy. And I didn't have to do anything. He just did it all. Um, and he's really kind of cute, so it's not too bad. He's an older guy. He's good looking. Anyways. Um, you know, I didn't mind watching, but he, I asked him, I was like, so, you know, as is the summertime, like the worst for you. And he was like, you know, it's not really bad any time of year. He said, but I don't understand why everybody orders mattresses right now. Why is everybody ordering mattresses? And I was like, what? He was like, yeah, all those like purple and Casper ones that are like, you know, they come rolled Mm up. He's like, I'm going to drag these things up, things up second story apartments and steps and stuff. And I was like, Oh, shit. I never thought about that. He's having to do it by himself. He was like, I just don't understand. Why does everybody order mattresses? It's like maybe people are moving. I don't know.
1: I wonder why they're doing it right now. I ordered my mattress. It came in the mail
0: from purple. Yeah, but I, I, wonder, I ordered mine, but it was like three years ago.
1: <laughs> so I wonder if maybe maybe they had a huge sale or something. I don't
0: know. He was saying something about that, but he's just he's always so nice and chipper. But you know, I try to give like my mail lady. I gave her Christmas present last year, and I even went up to the post office and like I gave them a bunch of stuff. Like I give them like mm-hmm. the like nuts and treats and stuff like that, and leave those out there, and they're always really appreciative. But I don't know. I get there's no pleasing people at the post office. It seems, but apparently mm-hmm. UPS is where to go. So I don't know. But um, this past weekend I had the book signing in Editions, and it went really well. And I wish that you could have heard how many people said that they love your book recommendations. That they were like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, one even one might even said, no offense, but I really only take Mel's recommendations. <laughs> I was like, I'm not offended. She has a very specific type of book that she (laughs) likes and that a lot of people like that very specific type.
1: I'm glad that they do that because I have the same thing for other people. There's people out there that I know when they say they like something. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm very like prickle about what I say because I'm like, like I don't want to I don't want, like, I feel like people are listening to what I say, so I don't want to recommend something unless I really can recommend it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get that. So, yeah, it it was just, it was funny to me that so many women talked about your book recommendations and the stuff that you like. And, you know, the new release post, a lot of people mentioned that. So that was really nice. (laughs) That thing takes
1: forever. But I actually, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, it's busy work. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I can I like it. watch TV and do mm-hmm. it. I only get really mad when like it glitches
0: and I lose mm-hmm. half my work. Oh God. I would just like punch a hole in a wall. <laughs> but like with that, the, with the new release post, I go through it and I'm like, Oh, it's like a shopping list for me. <laughs> I'm like Take this one and this one. <laughs> but yeah, people were so nice. It was amazing to see the ladies there and be with readers and, It was cool because Abby Knox and I shared a table and it was her first signing. And what was really awesome about that is because we really have been with her this whole time, like from the very first step. You know, I met her in my town years ago when I was looking for a group of like liberal women to hang out with. And she met me for coffee. Like we didn't, I didn't, she was a total stranger and I met her for coffee. And then I found out she wrote dirty books. And it was just meant to be. Oh, and then from right. then, we, you know, we wrote the Rebels book with her. Like, we have that post-apocalyptic book that we have that we wrote with Abby. And then she wrote one of her, like, in our series with us for over the the Thanksgiving one, was thankful mm-hmm. for her, that one. So she wrote a book in that series with us. But, you know, just along the way to watch her just become this incredible author and looking at the table and seeing all her books she had written and all the hard work. Like she got teary eyed when she saw her table Aww. and it was like, and I was like, I know what that feels like. I know what feel, I know what that feels like. See your books for the first time all laid out like that in the first sign and, and how like you're excited and nervous and scared as shit. Nobody's going to show up. Well, I and never was, think anybody's showing up. I know. I still think up. that like that, I still have that feeling. I'm like, yes. no, but, you know, it was so cool to see like people just came for her, you know, like people mm-hmm. were there to see her specifically. And she just couldn't believe it, you know, and I was taking pictures of her signing books and I sent them to her. And afterwards, she was just like, I'm emotional. <laughs> you know, said, I'm in my feels. It was so, so sweet to be able to like just witness that and and experience that with her. That was really cool. So and then, um, excuse me, Trisha Wolf was there who is tiny. She's is she? Ti- she is tiny. Like, and she said, I know, like as soon as I met her and I gave her a hug, she's like, I know I'm small. It was like, I was bending down to hug her. And I was like, your heroine size." she's like teeny. <laughs> and, in uh, the book thick, <laughs> but yeah, she's so your cute. heroine size. I love I know. that. So, but and it's funny too. Cause she's like so cute and small. And she writes like these really dark books. you know, So that was like, her table was next to Jenica's and I go over and they're all black. Like there's just (laughs) every cover, every cover is black and dark. And like mine and Abby's are like, Pink and Pink sunshine. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this cannot be more different. But it was like we still had tons of crossover. But I feel like Jennifer raiders. Snow
1: could slide right in the middle.
0: Yep, yeah, between she could. you
1: and the. Mm-hmm. Whole. Yep, right. Where she does <laughs> some dark stuff every now and then. Yep,
0: uh huh. Yep, it was like it would be like. It'd be like Alexa Riley then Abby then Trisha or didn- Jenica then Trisha. I think yeah. that's probably how it went. Where we were on like the ridiculous, silly, love over the top. Abby's like contemporary, beautiful stories with meaningful moments, and Jennica's just like, whoa, <laughs> you know, like some of her stuff is like kind of dark, but it's filthy and fun. And then there's like she Trisha, where it's kinds. just like, yeah, she does like psychological romance and stuff, which is cool. So yeah. But, you know, we actually um, discussed a book as we were like kind of finishing up after lunch. We were like talking a little bit before we left, you know, for the day. And I guess kind of went p- or parted our ways. We were talking about something and I don't know how it happened, but I told Jenica, we were, I think it was something about, somebody said something about a pirate or like old school romances. And I was like, Jenica, I would love to read a pirate book from you. I was like an old school pirate romance. I would love for you to write it. And she was like, well, why don't you? And I was like, eh, it's just, it would be like Alexa Riley. It would just be silly. I said, I want you to make it real, but like make it nasty. <laughs> like make it real dirty. Because I was telling them the the book that I love, the pirate one, I think it's probably, it's, it's not the only one I've read, but it's the best one I've read. And it's the Duke with the Dragon Tattoo by Kerrigan Byrne. Yeah. And that's the one that opens up where they're young and they're like pretending to get married or something. And then he gets taken away. And then it flashes forward to her wedding day. And this pirate shows up, kills the groom, takes her and is out of there. And it's so fucking hot. And, um, I think Jenica was telling me about a book. Fuck. I wish I knew which one it was. I'm going to have to look it up, but, um, She said there was like, oh, no, maybe it was Abby that was talking about it. But it was like the heroin. It's a a really old school one. So it would be like when she was a kid. And it was like the the girl was wearing a corset and the pirate like takes it off of her and like the boning from the corset left indentions on her skin. Mm -hmm. And she said, I just remember like the hero, like running his fingers down it, saying like, oh, no, like we can't do this anymore because it was like hurting her. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, that's so hot. And that's when I was like, Jenica, you have to write this. And. We were talking about it and stuff, and I was like, but you have to throw in a little bit of silly for me, okay? I was like, like a parrot that repeats what they say when they fuck.
2: <laughs> or and
0: like.
1: I feel like mm-hmm. Mel Jean Brooks wrote some pirate books.
0: I, she does. She wrote it under, didn't she, under her steampunk name, or like her steampunk series. Okay. The, no, no, no. Okay, when she was on the podcast with us, like in January... Remember we talked about? I think that was one of her free books. Actually, there was a pirate book she did. Okay, I That's haven't just, read that I one. Though.
1: She's done some steampunk pirate things yes. before.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look up what that one was. But yeah, I told her that I wanted a pirate that would like like talk like would, would repeat what they were saying when they were fucking so like then the pair would just like go around and say it all the time because I, I was so like, embarrassed i know i was like you have to please throw in like a little bit of silly for me i was like but the rest of it just make it really dark and hot so she said she's gonna do it we'll see we'll see but anyways so um I, tell me what happened with britney spears because you uh-huh. said okay about these recordings i don't know everything so give me the dirt
1: So Kevin Mm -hmm. Betterline came out and did an article, which surprised me. And he got Mm -hmm. backlash for it because he said stuff like the boys don't want to see her. They didn't Mm want to go to the wedding. They don't want to be over there. And people really gave him backlash Mm -hmm. for some of the things he said. But I kind of was like, this is interesting because Kevin
0: Betterline has been very, very quiet. While the conservatorship was in place. I'm wondering why now? Why is he saying this now? This is what made me
1: think. I thought, well, why? That's what I was like. I was like, why yeah. is he saying this now? Unless, <laughs> only thing, and he said that Brittany is not taking into effect her own mob. And I'm guessing, he, he's saying they're getting, people are saying gross things about the boys online. They're getting harassed. Paparazzi paparazzis all over them. Why? Just because they're not going, they like want to know what's happening with the kids. And so he's like, they're not going there. Stop. You're not coming here and you're not gonna catch them traveling from our house to her house. It's not happening. They're not the boys aren't going. I think he was trying to maybe get people to leave alone. Mm-hmm. But then he got back where she's like cursing. Like the first one she comes in, they're like sleeping in bed. And she comes in and she's like, they're like, What are you doing? And she's like, I've come to put lotion on your skin because it's coarse and I'm your mom and you need to respect me. It, it's weird, but I'm like, what is going on? Whatever. But then yeah. the second one's the funny one. And she's like, he's in trouble because he took his shoes off or something. Like they went really? ice skating or something. And she goes on this tangent. And she's like, I don't, you have these, you can't walk around without shoes on. You have these big, Feet and you're going through puberty, and you're freaking me out. <laughs> <laughs> and now everyone's like, "Kevin released these," and it's all like he's
0: trying to shame her. And we're all
1: like, "We relate." That's right. Where you just like,
0: yeah. where you just like, you know what? You're weird right now. <laughs> touch but, it weird body.
1: but here's the thing: I will say it wasn't what she said because I was like, okay, yeah, it was. What I found weird and kind of caught my attention and I hate that it caught my attention was her train of thought, like mm-hmm. the words coming out of her mouth and the train of thought of where it was going seemed very weird, like mm-hmm. sporadic or chaotic or mm-hmm. I don't know. You just have to listen to it. I was like, it, it doesn't, she doesn't sound I don't know, like normal.
0: Okay, I have a couple of things I want to say. And I I don't want to use
1: the word normal. I hate using that word. I know,
0: but I know what you're saying. It just doesn't sound like a conscious thought process. Yes. So, like, I know we could do an entire podcast about Brady Spears. Maybe we will one day. But (laughs) that aside, number one, Kevin Federline's a greasy motherfucker. I can't stand him. And I just do not believe that anything he ever does is from the heart. Because
1: all there is like I said it caught me yeah. is because he's been so fucking quiet.
0: And I think it was because the conservatorship was in place. But he did I say think, but I think there was something that kept him quiet that whole time and now he doesn't have to be and he can cash in on these little clips he releases. Maybe. I think that's exactly what it. Is. I saw something the other day that said check out just google Kevin Kedarlan's 40th birthday party. And I saw it was like him at a it wasn't a strip club. It was like something like that where but he was in the process of se- like taking Britney to court because he didn't have enough money for child support. And he's at like this like strip club house place mm-hmm. throwing this like gigantic birthday bash for his 40th. But whatever. Neither here nor Greasy guy. The other thing is with Britney, I have to often remind myself she was not only a child star. Mm-hmm. But that she was this huge pop star at the peak of when a child is supposed to be being educated, you know. And so I have I have no idea what level of education she achieved. But I would not be shocked if someone told me she never graduated high school or if she just got a diploma. And who knows if she actually did what she had to do to get the diploma. I mean, honestly, somebody could have just as easily. Pass and that not off, for nothing, you know? we don't.
1: I don't know what drugs her because this was during the conservative shift. Exactly. What drugs they yes. had her
0: on? A hundred percent. I mean, they were forcing her to take birth control. I can't believe that was the only thing that would be enforcing. Oh person. no, they were you making know?
1: her take sedatives and stuff. I believe. I, I believe that's what was said. I that would she not didn't want to take anymore. Would so, not be shocked. I mean, but her, but like we've talked about before, sometimes I do find the things that she says even now very sporadic and Mm -hmm. but then at the same time that's who she is now and that's leave it alone that's how
0: I don't know sometimes when I read her posts, it sounds like a 16 year old who's been given the internet for the first time and how do we know she's not I know that's what I because
1: I can relate to a degree of it yeah because I I experience it myself in my Mm -hmm. own life a Mm -hmm. little bit with my sister but that Mm -hmm. was sometimes I think drugs yeah. plays a part in that being a child actor for her mm-hmm. being a time in her life when she did heavy drugs that mm-hmm. really messes with the whole absolutely way your brain functions for the rest of your life and i, I mean think that sometimes it could stunt you
0: it, exactly her brain's still developing in this time period where she's being given these heavy drugs and she's not being watched over by people who have her best interest. You know, where it's like, oh, no, she needs to get an education. You know, she needs to understand, like, you know, how, the, how to be, you know, what decorum is in the real world. You know, she's not taught really any of that other than, like, you're a commodity. How can we make you make more for us?
1: Kevin Federline did say one of the things he said. He said, if not for her father, Britney Spears would be dead.
0: I believe that maybe that would be the case. I don't know, but I think she should have that choice.
1: Yeah, I think in the beginning, I think it got out of control. Like he did say, yes. they pulled her out of that boyfriend's house of course, who was yes. drugging her up. Yeah. but then at the same time, they just put her in a house. They and just then put her they in a different They slowly prison. started drugging yeah. her up.
0: <laughs> they took her from one prison to the other. They didn't have, they had a vested interest in the money she could make. They didn't have their interest in her as a daughter, as a you know, as a person. Nothing. They just wanted to be able to control her. And, you know, she may have hurt herself. She may have, you know, gone off the deep end and had a drug overdose. But again, I don't think that should be anybody else's decision. I think she should have had that choice. And I'm glad that she got help and that, you know, she was able to go and, and, and at least seek some counseling. But to go from one prison to another, maybe, maybe this isn't the best that's happened to her. You know, yeah. like maybe they would have done her a favor just by leaving her the fuck alone and letting yeah, her figure what, it out.
1: I mean, like I said, I think her thoughts are sporadic, but I feel like this is her now and this is again yeah, yeah, you have absolutely. to this is what it is and everybody has
0: to Yeah adapt or accept it or you know the thing is is like you know i look at you know there's very eccentric actors out there and i think about like their methods and what they do and like their compulsions and how they live their lives and we don't really i don't know i don't i think it's because she's a a beautiful woman who was sexualized at a very young age yeah and I think like people just have a problem with how she's, con- she's acting now because she's not being controlled. She doesn't have a handler and it's just people can't swallow her now. You know, like she's just not marketable. She's not made to swallow easily and it is fluffing people's feathers.
1: I don't know why the naked stuff bothers anybody.
0: I don't know either. You know who
1: it doesn't bother? My husband. <laughs> He's always has like looks- a little thing for Britney Spears. yeah, I got a free Britney Spears, good. when I got a free Britney Spears shirt, he was like, "You didn't get me one."
0: Oh. <laughs> get out of here. He did. He's always had
1: a thing for Br- just Britney Spears. I don't mm-hmm. know why.
0: You know what, though? I don't see anything different than what she's posting than what Lizzo posts. Is, posts. And nobody gives a f- I mean, there's people who call Lizzo fat and these horrible things or whatever. But I feel like, by and large, Lizzo is celebrated for what she does. But I feel like there's a big problem when Britney does it, and I just don't know what the difference is other than people can't I swallow either. Britney now. I
1: think she looks good when I see right. on like-
0: she Damn. looks fantastic she's but in yeah. shape mm-hmm. she looks awesome but anyways and once again we're gonna have a Britney Spears podcast one day the whole fucking thing's gonna be Britney we're gonna have her on the show we're gonna ask her questions we're gonna deep dive <laughs> oh my god if you could ask Britney one question what would you ask her oh, I, know. God. I know oh, what I'd no. ask her straight up I'd, th- I'd, th- I'd have to think about it I'd just sit her down and I'd say are you happy and if she yeah. said yeah I'd be like good enough for me Live your life. Live your life, girl. You deserve it. If anybody deserves to live a good life now, it's her. Let her do what she fucking wants. Fuck K-Fed. greasy piece of shit. Anyways, let's talk about CeCe Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the second installment of the guy from that one summer by C. C. Monroe. I do want to remind you, she's got a new release in May called Her Shadows, His Secrets. That's the one with the plus size heroine is jealous, possessive um, hero who is a sex god. There's BDSM elements. Um, there's also knife play, carving initials. There's praise and degradation king and all of her triggers are on tiktok go find her on there because her tiktok's really fun she does like dances and videos and clips from her books and stuff it's really cool um i know that's i her. think we
1: talked about it before because i follow her on my personal facebook
0: and i feel yes. like i know
1: her life uh-huh. story and yeah, i've never, I, like I don't even really think personable. i've ever interacted
0: with yes her. <laughs> she's super personable on there and i feel like yeah, you definitely personable. get to know the real her so, um, yeah, that's her new release in May um, called Her Shadows, His Secrets. Um, she has a pre-order up right now for Arranged Deception. That is a mafia romance that's available October 31st. It's about a plus-size heroine and an arranged marriage. There's um, a lot of tension and angst and a laundry list of triggers that you can find on her TikTok. Um, the book you're listening to is a standalone, but if you like sexy insta-love, you're going to love everything she has. Sign up for her newsletter. Where she's going to be posting bonus chapters from all of her books. So we'll have all of this in the show notes. So make sure you check those out and get your links. And don't forget to enter this week's giveaway for an Amazon gift card. That's it. (laughs) Let's go to the second installment. We'll see you on the other side.
2: Chapter Two Sexual Revolution. He pulls out his phone. I watch closely. My hands jittery, so eager to get this started. The arousal isn't just building between my legs, but in my entire body. My stomach is coiled with an occasional flutter of butterflies, my legs shaky with need, my skin hot and blotchy. I want this night of unattached, kinky, and wild fucking sex. I want to feel Finn for days. Remember what it was like to be wild and free for once. To meet a man sculpted by God and be fucked like his cock was made solely by the devil. Setting the camera up in the window of the kitchen, just above the sink and directly in line with the island, he moves back to me in long, steady strides. Grabbing my hips, he lifts, and I wrap my arms lazily around his shoulders and kiss him, my long brown hair falling around us. My legs are around his waist, and I must restrain myself from grinding and finding the friction my body so badly needs. Be patient, you hungry woman. He sets me down and stands up straight, looking to the camera, my dress, to me, the camera again, and then back to me. Fuck it. With one hand, he pulls at the fabric of my spaghetti-strapped sundress, or so I thought, and it rips, my breasts falling out, heavy and needy. Did you just rip my dress and bra? I ask breathlessly. I have no time to waste, and I also don't ever want to forget this. Lie back and legs up, now. Moving fast, I do what he says. I don't even hesitate. I want this more than I want air, and that says a lot, because a girl has to breathe. Lifting my legs, he takes my ankles, pulls them apart, then he lifts my dress. No fucking panties. Tell me, Remy, before we go any further, do you like degradation? I look up at him and breathe in and out heavily, so ready to have any part of him. A touch, a lick, hell, a breath on my core would do. I'm needy as all get out. What is that? I know the term, but I'm not sure he means it in the way I think he does. If I call you my dirty fucking whore, are you going to get wetter or punch me? Oh, God, I moaned, um, tossing my head back and arching my back. That sounded so damn good coming from his mouth. A mouth I want on me this instant. The dirtier, the better, I admit. Damon never talked like that, but I sure liked it in the videos I watched. And now it's full circle. I'll be watching my pornos, but it'll be me as the star of the show. Yes, please. Good girl. Now, open that beautiful slutty pussy for me. Finn, I moan, my chest heaving, my breasts shaking with the arousal so deeply embedded in me. That sounds like music to my ears. With that, he dives between my legs and his lips lock and suck hard on my clit. My back bows from the counter and I reach up with one hand to grip my hair and my other down to grasp his head as I orgasm against his mouth. Responsive. You're going to do so well. He keeps eating me with the hunger I'm not sure he'll ever sate. Either way, it feels so damn good. Who is this man? Does he do this often? Come into a woman's home using his charm, do things only a sinner can do, and then leave? What number am I? I almost stop to ask him, but his tongue plunges into my tight hole, his grip on my thighs holding me in place. Shit, 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 i cry out, moaning so loudly all of the Hamptons can probably hear it. hmm he moans, the vibrations adding to the sensation. I am close, so close that all it would take is one touch on my clit and I'd come again. And he does just that, reaching up and playing with my breasts, rolling the nipples between his thick, masculine fingers, tweaking them just right as he sucks my clit into his mouth. I soak his face then, doing something I never knew I could do. Did I just squirt? Oh No, I'm so sorry. I didn't know I could do that. That's never happened. My face grows hot. I'm so embarrassed. But he doesn't say anything. Instead, he laps up every damn drop, and I can't believe this is happening to me. The more and more we get into this, the more unbelievable it becomes. Shouldn't it be the other way around? Reality shouldn't be this fantastical, right? Don't be sorry. In fact, I want you to do that again. But this time, I want you to feed me my meal, Remy. On shaky elbows, I sit up not sure what he means. I can't do that again. I'm sensitive now, I admit. Good. The more sensitive, the more intoxicating the orgasm. I'm seeing he's a giver. What kind of man gives two orgasms and then plans on a third? Hands, he orders, holding his out for me. I'm thankful because I have no equilibrium at the moment. Helping me stand, he bends and kisses along my neck for a minute, removing the rest of my dress as he does. The action is way more intimate than what I think he means for it to be, but it gives me butterflies. The ones we all want but hope will last more than a fleeting moment, and at the end of the day, that's what this is. Just a fleeting moment. A moment in time I will look back on, maybe with regret but most likely as something I wish I could do repeatedly. I stand in front of him naked now, bare to him with no reservations left, physical nor metaphorical. He still stands fully dressed in his workout clothes, a heather gray Nike shirt with basketball shorts and his Nike sneakers. His hair is the only thing out of place from my hands gripping at him in my desperate state. Your body. That's what I imagine pure sin to look like. I will search, explore, and worship at the altar of your fucking feminine body. It's made for fucking. Made for me to take as I see fit. Welcome to the dark side of sex, Remy. Now, undress me. When I don't move, he toes off his shoes and removes his socks, and then he stands back up. His shorts are tented, and I stare at the impressive bulge. What will be waiting for me under his clothes? Now, Remy, I'm impatient and want more of you. Don't make me go hungry. I gulp and jolt into action. I remove his shirt first. Not one bit of fat takes over an inch of him. He has impressive abs, the ridges so defined they dent deeply and deliciously. His chest and shoulders are broad and look like they can protect me, keep me warm, but simultaneously be used to help him fuck me ruthlessly. His arms are just as defined, winding with muscle. Veins protrude all the way down to his hands, ending in those strong, thick, and long fingers. I can't wait to see him in all his naked glory, but before that, I want to see him shiver and quake like I had. Using just the tips of my fingers, I slip into his waistband, where the V disappears, and run them over the hot, taut skin. He does just as I hoped, shivering and jolting at the touch. Fuck, he groans. You want me? All of me? I murmur. I can't wait to impale you on this cock and make you crazy with pleasure. I think your pussy will be my favorite place to be. Might have to do this again before you leave. Realizing that I will, in fact, leave eventually, it hits me enough to have me feeling some kind of ping in my stomach. Hurt? Shame? Guilt? I'm not a one-night stand kind of girl, but I also don't hate any of this. Except for how much I'm enjoying it and that it will one day just be a memory and a video. We'll have to see if you're good enough to have me again, I tease. He laughs sinisterly. Your juices in my mouth and on my face tell me you want me again and again. Don't even deny it. I hate that he's right. Wanting to be the sexual modern day, I don't need a man type, I've failed miserably. I really hate you for making me needy, I admit, slowly reaching into his shorts, and when I find his cock, I gasp. He's huge and hard, steel hard. And suddenly, my lady bits are terrified of what that is going to feel like. Oh my god, I whisper. He throbs in my hand and our eyes lock. I see his pride in his eyes. Wait till you feel it all, baby. Will it hurt? My eyes go dough-like, something I'm not used to, but in this moment, I feel like I'm at his mercy. He makes me want to be submissive, like he controls all of me. Has he hexed me? Yes. Yes, he must have, because becoming a submissive type of woman is not who I am. The men in my life tend to walk in my shadow. Damon always said I had too many masculine tendencies. What does that even mean? What I have is a backbone, and I'm not afraid to share my opinions. It's a man's world, and us women are learning how to make it our own. He replies, it will, but it'll be an ache you like. He's numbing me to everything, making me forget that my heart was stomped on and my pride shattered today. It's like the outside world has disappeared around us, and it's just me and him and our shared pleasure. You'd beg for it, wouldn't you? He prompts. I nod slowly. Please, I need you to keep my mind somewhere else. I'm hurting. He pushes me against the counter and leans in bringing his face to within an inch of mine. Your heart and your gorgeous cunt hurting? God, could a man really make that sound desirable? Yes, his name is Finn, and he's standing in front of me, about to give me the best orgasms of my life. Then take off the rest of my clothes, and I will help the ache, pretty baby. Be a good girl, and do what I ask. I promise to make it feel better. With a deep breath, I give in to what this is. Two consenting adults who just want to feel good, feel something. Finn doesn't seem to be hurting, but there's something there that's making him want me in a way that's numbs some outside force for him as well. Maybe it's because we're two broken souls, and they've called to one another, recognize each other. His shorts fall, and he steps out of them, taking a step back so I can admire the view of the impressive cock throbbing between his legs. His thighs are muscular, his calves strong. No man will ever be able to measure up to Finn, unless he has an identical twin who wants to sweep me off my feet and live in New York. Then, maybe. But really, even then, I don't think so. He's like no one I've ever met before, and if I'm being honest, I hope I never do again. I just want to remember this for what it was, for it to be special and an alternate universe I will never experience again. No matter how depressing or disappointing that is, it's the truth. I want this with him and him alone. Any lover after, may God grant them the skill to ever make me feel this way again. He moves then, lying back on the island so he's now the one spread out for my taking. I peruse his body and enjoy every part of him. Every inch from head to toe is glorious. I know he takes care of himself, doesn't neglect one part of himself. God made the man, but Finn's managed the best upkeep. Come here, baby, he says so softly, as if he's known me for years. And yet here we are, strangers. You're being soft. I tell him as I slowly climb atop the counter. I expect him to laugh this off or tell me to stop reading into it. I need to be soft with you before I get really, really rough with you, darling. He grabs my hips and tells me something I thought I would never hear. As I said, I'm hungry. Now, let me eat my favorite meal. Sit on my face and ride it. I have no time to even respond before he pulls me up, then down to his face. Nervous, I don't put my whole weight on him. Wait, Finn, I've never done this. I don't want to hurt you. Kissing the inside of one thigh and then the other, he responds, making my stomach flip. I'm a man, Remy. I can handle getting lost and suffocating between these thighs. Now. Rock your hips and do not break eye contact with me. Got it? Yes, I stutter out. Good girl. Slowly, I lower my body and give him what he asks for. When his warm tongue flattens against my core, I cry out, and my hips can't help but begin to rock back and forth. Yes, God, yes, I cry. Our eyes never leave one another, and he uses his hands on my hips to move me fast, then slow, and back to fast again. I end up literally writhing and riding his entire face. It's intense, the most erotic experience. And just as I'm about to hit my peak, he stops, and I sob out a pained protest No! Dropping my hands to the counter, I keep going, thinking he will stop me. My movement's becoming choppy, but I can't help it. I want to come so badly. Oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. I moan, my legs starting to shake as the orgasm hits me fast, and he moans with male appreciation against my core. So fucking good. I like when you take control. Take your pleasure. He finally says against my thighs as he kisses them again, My heavy breathing and his mixing in the otherwise quiet room. I want more. You make me crazy. I barely know you and you make me want more. I admit what I've secretly been thinking this whole time. The same goes for you. I have never wanted to taste a woman that much. I could do this all night. Lick, bite and suck that clit until you fall asleep. The idea sounds like the best one I've ever heard to date. I sit back again and toss my long hair to one side, and he watches me intently. What? I ask. Tossing your hair aside, like it's not damp from the sweat of orgasms and wild face-fucking. You are a sight. You on the pill? I nod. Yes, I am. I'm clean. You? Yes, always. You are the first woman I'm gonna fuck without protection. This submission shocks me. Him, this woman-pleasing man, has never been in a pussy without a condom? I don't know if I believe that. I don't need to be told lies in order for you to have me bear. I bite my lip, liking the position I'm in. Leaning back with one hand, I find his hard cock and begin to stroke it. Shit. He arches his head back, his throat bobbing as he moans. I'm not lying to you. I've had many women, but none with a pussy as sweet and tempting as yours. I want you so bad, I wouldn't care if you weren't on the pill. It's that damn good. This gets him quicker strokes and a tighter grasp. Bluff, I'd call it, but I don't have to since I'm on the pill. He growls and takes control again. Yeah, no, get on this cock and ride it. I'm done being patient. Grabbing my hips again, almost with bruising force, he maneuvers us so his tip is nudged between my lips at my entrance. Look in the camera while you feel me for the first time. Show that poor bastard who owns you tonight. I cry out and do as he says, And when I look in the camera, the sight is one to behold. I don't recognize the woman I see, but I like it. She seems bold, unapologetic, and empowered. He lowers me then, his size stretching me, practically tearing me in two. If he didn't prime me the way he did, I wouldn't be able to take him on the first try. I'm no virgin, but he's no average man. Ooh, we moan in unison. The combo of feeling his bare skin against mine, his large cock splitting me in two, and the camera showing me what is happening outwardly to cause me such inward euphoria is exquisite. Look at you. Look what he lost and I gained. The comment makes me think he means just tonight, right? The way he said it, it held some permanence. No, he means just for the night. The pleasure is fogging up my logical thinking. I let it go. Bounce on this dick like a good little whore would. You are taking me so damn good, he murmurs, making me clench. We don't stop looking at the camera as he lies back and rubs my thighs while I ride his rigid cock with ferocity. God, he feels so damn perfect. We keep at it, clawing and fucking, ravaging and claiming one another like crazed lovers. And when it's finally time for us to climax, he sits up and slides his hands up my ribs, under my arms, and around the back of my neck. When he holds me in place with one hard downward thrust, I come at the same time he does. Our cries of passion are so loud, the mix of them sounds like thunder on a stormy night. The walls could shake, the mirrors could break, but impacted the most are our bodies, shaking, shivering, and completely losing grip on reality. We kiss, our breaths mingling while we ride it out. His cum fills me warming my insides, and I will never be able to explain how intimate that act feels. Partly because I have never let a man come inside me without protection before him. I'm having a one-night stand with a man I trust more than any past partners. I fall onto his chest as he lies back onto the island, and we let our breathing settle. I start to doze off, my eyes growing heavy. Finn maneuvers me so he can stand and grab the phone. He stops recording and moves back to me. Come here, baby. We need to get to sleep before the kids get home tomorrow. Chapter 3 Roleplay and a Happy Marriage Maybe I don't want to. Maybe I want one more round, baby, I tell my husband. Yep, my husband. Tonight, we role-played a scenario we often talk about. Nine summers ago, when I met Finn, it was here, the Hamptons, the night after I was left at the altar. Except, he was a gentleman and had a drink with me, him stopping at one while I downed enough shots it could have taken out a horse. No, you're going to be sore in the morning, and we have the kids and my parents flying back in from Australia. Let's get some rest. He carries me wedding style up to our room and I sigh in defeat. Fine, but you owe me a morning session. I tell him, kissing and sucking on his neck. I can do that, but it's going to be slow and gentle next time. I want to make sure you really feel me. You mean feel your love. I love that after all those summers ago, you can role play with me and fuck me like I'm a whore but you turn around and tell me you want to make love to me. How did I get so lucky? By being my good little wife. Now, let's go to sleep. He tells me this, but I want to do anything but sleep. Our children have been on a two-week vacation with Finn's parents in Australia. They come up every summer, spend a few days here, then take our two children back with them. We have seven-year-old Oliver and five-year-old Olivia. And every summer, when they go on vacation, Finn and I come back to my family's summer home here in the Hamptons, and we spend days lost in one another. Touching, teasing, laughing, playing, being sun-kissed, and making love like we can never be stopped. Nine years later, and it still feels like the first time. Do you remember the night we met? The real version, I mean? He gets us settled into the sheets, and I tangle myself around him while he answers. I do. You were such a wreck. But somehow, you were still charming. In fact, the more drunk you got, the more charming you were. I slap his chest and laugh. That's not offensive at all. I'm serious. I don't mean that you were better wasted, baby. I just mean how much more you shared about yourself. You didn't hold back and I found out so many things about you that the alcohol let you reveal, Finn admits. Like what? I question him, curious to see exactly what it was he remembers. You are not a timid or shy woman. You told me how much you love to stand out in a room. Running his hands up and down my spine sends shivers through me, but it feels just right. You confided you once told a man to shove his hand up his ass and be his own puppet for talking to you like you were a woman with no sense. We both laugh at that. You told me that you don't allow men to hurt you, but you still hurt from what happened. His hand tightens on my skin, biting enough to let me know he's feeling his jealousy. But you have me now, I remind him, kissing his peck. Yeah. And your heart may have broken that night, but mine found a home. Finn admits, and I tear up. What else? I get out, wanting to hear more of what he has to say about me and us. I learned you threw up at your fourth grade spelling bee because the word was pickles, and those make you nauseous. I bring my hand over my mouth. Don't, don't talk about them, or I will, in fact, barf on you. Fair. I like weird, kinky shit with you, baby, but bath play isn't one. He teases, and I groan and turn away from him. He laughs and turns, pulling me with his arm around my stomach, and I giggle, his touch and his lighthearted playfulness warming me. I learned you made me want to own you, have you, fucking possess you. He nips at my ear, and I moan. His hands palm my breasts. Finn did just that. I never wanted to be owned until I learned what being owned by him could mean. Family, safety, freedom to be me, friendship, and the greatest sex anyone could ever have. I'm thankful he left me that day and that I stumbled up that path, falling face first. It led me to you, and I couldn't have asked for anything better than to be here in your arms right now. I turn my head and meet his lips. When they touch, we share lazy, slow kisses, our tongues playing a synced melody together. I love Finn Colin. He's everything I could have wanted in a man, in a husband, in a father for my children, and most importantly, a best friend. He's a charming, cocky son of a gun, but he's also the greatest gentleman and fiercest protector. Thank you, I say simply. For what? He rubs at my stomach, my hips and thighs, anywhere he can touch from his position. For watching my face fall into the sand with my ass in the air and, instead of laughing, helping me into the house. I wouldn't be here with you and our children if you hadn't come in and saved the day the way you did. Oh, baby, I didn't save the day. I fucking stole it. Now, you can try to get away from me, but I will follow you to the ends of the earth until you are mine once again. Crazy, you are mad, I tell him, turning to face him. As I cup his face, we search one another. He gives me his beautiful green eyes, and my blue ones dive into them, and it's a real connection. That's the pivotal event from the night we met that I remember the most. Before all the alcohol and haziness set in, I remember the intensity in his eyes that we shared. I remember the way they didn't just peruse my body, but they pierced my soul. There was an instant connection there, as if he knew me and I knew him from a time longer than just that night. And for nine years, we have learned so much about one another, yet each day feels like the first day like we're just starting to date. I thought that type of love only existed in movies. What's more is our sex life, Well, I believed only existed in good pornos. We've never stopped dating and we've never stopped looking at each other like we're one another's wildest and wettest dreams. And all of that comes wrapped in a pretty bow that is the family we've created. Our children are our pride and joy, Just examples of the love he and I share. They make us laugh. A perfect combination of Finn and me. Oliver is super witty and keeps you constantly on your toes. And Olivia? God, she's just like me. She knows how to dish it out and not take shit from anybody, and she's only five. Lord, help the world when she's out there on her own. Olivia and Oliver will take over and set a path that so many people wish they could walk with as much ferocity and confidence as those two. But don't get me wrong, they keep us off kilter. And yet, while these two weeks are important for Finn and me to have each summer to reconnect and recenter, we miss them like crazy. A lot of our neighbors back in the city call us the crazy Brady bunch. We are always having fun being the loudest at the park, forever laughing. And to think this all started when I was left at the altar, thinking that was it for me, that my life was an utter disaster and could never be repaired. Then insert Finn, the Hamptons, and half a bottle of tequila, and you have the perfect recipe for the start of a happily ever after. Try saying that three times in a row without sounding like an insane person. You're really in your head there, aren't you, Daisy? My stomach flips when he says this. He reads me so well, and using the nickname he first gave me when we met, God, will this ever change? Will I ever stop getting butterflies? Or will I always be completely and utterly obsessed with the stranger who became my husband? I just can't believe we're here from where we started. I love you, Finn. He kisses my forehead and tucks a piece of my long brunette hair behind my ear. And I love you, Remy. I know tomorrow, when the kids get back, we will have to return home to the city. But I already can't wait until next summer. Are you excited for the next time we come back? He grins, and it's the one that's always been his signature. A cocky and all-knowing one. I'll be dreaming about it every day until then. Well... Also, until then, we can just rewatch that video over and over again. I remind him of the video we made tonight, and I can definitely say that is something we have never done. Finn and I have a healthy sexual relationship, but something about here, this house, the Hamptons, it just brings out a different side of us. Even if we didn't have the video, I would never forget tonight, or any other night since I met you. He winks at me. You know, one day I really think I should write a book about this. I rub at his chest, feeling the hard muscles under my feminine hands. Such a stark contrast, another thing I love about us. Yeah, and what would you call it, Remy? Oh, that's a good one. Maybe something ominous or mysterious, or even something really simple. I shrug and giggle, and he joins it with a chuckle. Hmm. I think I know what you could call it. Oh, Really? Can't wait to hear this. Let's see what you got. The guy from that one summer. I laugh so hard, all the way from my stomach and up my chest. The laugh echoes in the room, and it causes him to laugh along with me. What's so funny about that? Nothing, I grin. It just seems so simple. So simple for us, and we are anything but simple. You're right. We aren't that simple, but we can pretend. He winks again, and cupping his face, I place my nose to his and shake my head. You're not wrong, though. It's a good title. Now you're just stroking my ego. How about I give you something real to stroke? And with that, he takes me in another all encompassing kiss. A kiss that I feel from the top of my head and down to the tips of my toes. It overtakes me, and just like we said, it's anything but simple. I lie next to my soulmate now, and it's true. It all started when I met the guy from that one summer. I love you, Finn. And I love you, Remy. Now, come here. The End This has been... The Guy From That One Summer by CC Monroe. Read for you by Stephanie K. Welcome
1: back.
0: Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you so much, Cece, for giving us your book this week. We really appreciate you being on the podcast with us. It was awesome to have you with us. And, um, next week we've got Cameron Claire with a book called Sitting Pretty that I'm super excited about. She was so nice to work with on the emails. I wish I could meet everybody in person that we do this with cause I, so I could say more like about them other than their emails are really nice you know? <laughs> and online. They're awesome. So. Yeah, it's it'll be great. So we're looking forward to that next week. So make sure you join us. Um, gosh, I think that's it. That's everything.
1: <laughs> I think that. Yeah. All right. So All right. tell them
0: what to do. Fuck your day up. Make sure your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye guys. Bye